What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, it's good to be back with everybody for this edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I am super excited to be here with some friends of mine. Of late, I've been having the opportunity to interview some amazing people. And for the second week in a row, it's two people at the same time, which is fun for me because it puts me in a different space. Y'all, today is going to be a great day. If you're an author, if you are an, an aspiring writer, if you're someone who has a story to tell and you've not quite figured out a way to do that, today is going to be a day where I believe that you're really, really, really going to be inspired. Uh, we've been in a series lately talking about the story behind the brand, and I want to let everybody know that in a blog post that was written on HuffPost.com, Um, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question, why are stories so powerful? Well, the answer to that question is, quite frankly, is that they are more memorable than facts, number one. And also, our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes help us to actually relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories actually bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions that are all designed to make us feel as though we are actually living the story. With that being said, I've got a, a, a dynamic duo, a sister duo, um, who are actually identical twins, and uh, I'm excited to have them up and talk a little bit about the story behind their brand. Kathy Anderson, Karen Bowling, it is so good to have you guys on the stage. Welcome to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, ladies. Kathy, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. Good. good morning, everyone. Good, good. It's so good to have you. Karen, you doing good? How are you, how are you feeling? I'm actually nervous but excited at the same time. Thank you, Glenn, for this opportunity. Listen, nervous excitement is good. Ladies, we're going to jump right into it. Um, I know y'all personally. I've known you for years, and um, you guys come from a huge family that has made a tremendous amount of impact on the region uh, that y'all grew up in, uh, growing up in D.C., and then certainly now living in Maryland and, and doing all the things. There's so many opportunities that you guys have been afforded that I've watched y'all grow up and literally, literally um, change the people that you come in contact with, uh, not only through you as people, but certainly through the work that y'all do. And so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have you guys sort of take it away, and I know y'all going to do a little bit of a, a tag team as twins are great. But I do want to let everybody know that you guys are authors, you're entrepreneurs, and uh, you specialize in uh, writing books that connect. Um, And of late, you've been really, really leaning into the children's book space. And so if you can, really quickly, I just want y'all to share with people who you are, what you do, why you do it, who you do it for. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the story behind your brand. So, Kathy, you can go ahead and start if you want. Okay, um, my name is Kathy Anderson, and I am a biologist, martial artist, painter, and author of five children's outdoor adventure books. Karen? 
Good morning. I'm an editor, writer, graphic designer, and author of four books, two are, of which are children's books. And I primarily help people to self-publish their work and work with others on website copy and design and other program designs. One of the things that I want you guys to really lean into is, and we talk about the four clarity questions a lot in the framework of what we do, guys. Um, we talk about who we are, what we do, why we do it, and who we do it for. Um, Kathy, when you say that, oh, I'm sorry, Karen, I'm, I'm going to go with Karen. As an editor and a writer and a graphic designer, one of the things that I know about you is that um, all of the stuff that you have lived through comes through your work. So do me a favor. Can you drill down a little bit on why you do what you do? And Kathy, I'm going to come back to you and ask the same question. Why I do it is um, to help to help out the readers, the children um, that I write for, um, to tell their, our stories from a direction of our experiences in life. Um, we grew up with um, animals, plants being out in the woods and everything. And so part of what we do um, for children is writing about the environment. Um, as far as my website and editing work, it's for the authors to get their um, fruits out. Um, a lot of people come to me based on word of mouth. And it started because I wrote my first book. And afterwards, people were like, well, how did you do it? And so through studying and learning the process, I've now been able to help over 100 writers over the years that I've been doing the work. And then it progressed to, well, I need my book cover done. And so I actually studied graphic design and learned how to do it on my own. I'm not schooled in this area. My um, degrees are in environmental technology and biology. And so I had to learn the process. And so that's what I did. So for every project that I work on, it is, it's customized to the, um, what they need. Yeah. And so if they have a need that I can't fulfill, I go out and research it. And if I can't, I'll send them somewhere else. No, I love it. And I got to say that um, count me in that number of over 100 authors. What y'all don't know here in the audience is Karen was the very, very first person when I back in 2004, believe it or not, had an idea that I wanted to put my story in a book. She was the first person I sat down with the only person that I knew that had actually published um, books and worked with other people. And I can promise you her tutelage changed the game. And so, so I am not a seven-time author without her tutelage, without her mentorship. And uh, she is the real deal. Kathy, when we talk about why do you do what you do, can you lean into that for me and help us out? Um, I do it because there are a few black folks in the environmental arena and I want to grow our population in that field. Um, when I go to meetings, I'm usually the only one. So I talk to the children, I talk to their parents in hopes that I could encourage them to join the environmental fields and take care of their environment, learn about their environment and fight for justice within their environment. Oh, I love it. Kathy, we can re-drill down onto something. One of the things, guys, and for those of you guys who are listening to us live on Clubhouse, I want you to get this and understand that Kathy and Karen are all about the justice that surrounds the things that we as black and brown people go through, particularly in a world that don't favor us and don't look favorably upon us in many ways. When she talks about being the only one in the room, so many of us can relate to that story. Uh, Kathy, you're a biologist, and uh, by definition, I can promise you, I'm sure that you grew up 
really, really um, the only one that looked quite like you did. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how has that shaped how you do what you do today? It's, uh, let's see, it's been lonely. Um, I started working as a biologist dealing with wetland streams and waterways back in 1988. And at that time, when I first started that job, one person said, if they hire another one, I'm leaving. And they didn't hire another one. The next person who came behind me as a biologist of, of color was took 25 years. And I'd go to meetings. People would make side remarks. We would be out in the woods, and I would be the only one. So I've always felt I have to take care of myself. I have to be responsible. I have to know more, do more, be better than the others just to get the basic respect. And I did. I earned it because I knew my stuff. And um, I also had confidence in my work and also enjoyed my work. Um, we did a lot of hiking, so I was fit. I knew where to go, how to do it. And when you do those things, you feel more comfortable in a, in a good place. And that's how I tried to take my career. Mind you, I faced discrimination and had extremely negative events through my work dealing with other people. However, I didn't let that stop me. I kept pushing, kept pushing, and I fought for myself and I won. <laughs> and as a martial artist, here's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't want to have to fight you. And so we're going, we're just going to let you through. You, you hear me, Kathy, listen, I love it. Karen, I want to pose to you the same way. Listen, I, you and I went to the same church years and years and years ago, and I've gotten to know your family really well, you and your husband and, um, some of the adversity that you have faced, uh, on your journey to publishing books and, and, and doing all the things in, in your profession. I know you work in the education space. Talk to us about some of the things that you had to navigate a little bit that now today informs how it is that you show up in the story behind your brand. Wow. In the workplace, um, I actually was an environmental specialist and I worked with a school system, and I've been here pretty much 25 years now. Well, it was a tough journey. Um, when I first got there, I was the only woman in my office. I was the only black person in my office, and it was a huge challenge to get um, the my coworkers basically to adjust to me. I faced racism big time. I faced discrimination as far as job promotions, and I um, fought and I kept my head up, basically. I didn't let them get to me and I kept pushing. And now I'm in a really good space where I actually train people um, in the environmental field, in leadership development, and I love it. Um, it's, it's nice and quiet at work, <clears throat> and so I don't have to bring anything home, which allows me to focus on my clients, my writers, and it helps me to be in a quiet space where I can also write. And so the challenges um, with work actually helped me in the challenges in dealing with my clients. So far, it's been pretty good. I've had some tough clients and I've had to say, you know, I cannot work with you anymore. Or um, when I get books that are really um, poorly written, 
I've learned to say, hey, you need to take this project back, fix it up, and then bring it back to me. And if you need some um, help, I suggest you take a writing class. And so I've been able to um, just dealing with the stuff at work has helped me to better deal with my clients. And so and helped me to stand up um, for myself because there was one time that I didn't and I would just take on projects and they would be nightmares and I would be stressed out. And then I would say, you know what, I'm glad this is over, but it's teaching me to be able to say no um, to stuff. When I see the manuscript and I see that it's terrible, I say, okay, let me step back and say, hey, I cannot take this project right now. No, I love it. Karen, let me say this. I want to stay right there and I'm going to kind of transition to the work that you do as a publisher. Um, I, I know that work. I, I know that conversation. Glenn, you need to rewrite this. I've, I've heard that before, li- literally. Karen, when you, as a publisher, let's talk a little bit about this. First of all, let's go back. How long have you been writing and when did you start? And then I want to kind of take people along the journey of working with a publisher. So real quick, give us some, some background. How long have you been writing? When, when did you start? I actually started writing the day after I graduated from grad school. Um, I loved writing, researching, and so it was actually a natural transition for me. And so once I was quiet... The idea just popped in my head. Um, God gave me the name of the book and what I was to write about. And so what I did was I just pretty much stopped everything and wrote for four months straight. I interviewed people that I needed to interview. Um, I told our story because the book was about um, getting prepared for marriage. And so my husband actually wrote a portion of it um, in the beginning to tell his part but that's that's basically what I did. And so once that was published, then at that point, people started coming to me. And so now I basically I only help writers who are self-publishing at this point. I don't publish um, for people. I did have a company and I closed it because it um, actually became a nightmare for me. And so now it's more so freelance work. And people come to me. Um, I tell them my story. I tell them that. Um, basically, I'm here to work with you. This is your book. It's all about you, and I'm here to serve. That's the bottom line. And so I don't, um, I try to keep authors in the vein of what they want for their book because they're going to be the ones to explain it later. I can't do that for them. And so I try to keep it as close as possible to what the author actually wants, but also to put out a really good product. I love it. And, um, and so the process is actually pretty. I consider it easy only because I've done it for so long, but it's like once you get your manuscript done, the biggest problem is people fear letting it go. They don't want to, they want it to be perfect and no writing on the first run is perfect, period. Even I get my work edited. Um, That's why Kathy and I work together when we um, have our own projects. But um, the biggest thing is for people to let it go, turn it over. And then once I start editing, I send it back and say, hey, is this good enough? Is this what you're looking for? And then they say, yep. And then I just go for it. I don't. um, And then, you know, we go through the process. And once we finish writing it, we work on the cover design. And then um, I send them to get their own um, identifier numbers so that I don't have to do that process. But they also retain their ownership of their product. They own their own ISBN. They own their own um, copyright. And so I don't own anything. It gets 100% in their hands. And so when their book is done, the profits are 100% theirs. They only pay for my services. I do know of companies where 
Um, they give royalties and it dips a lot of people and I've seen it. Um, and it's unfortunate because you put out a project and then you only get, you know, so many dollars per book where the company actually keeps all the money. And that is so disheartening because it's unfair. Yeah. And because of that, this is why I do what I do so that people will earn a hundred percent on their profits. Real quick before we go over to your sister, Karen, your ideal client, because I can hear people's wheels turning in their head. Who do you work with? The person that you is is your ideal client. Who, who are the kind of people you work with? My ideal client is someone who's open. They're open to change. They're open to accepting constructive criticism. They're open to going back to do the work. Um, they pay on time and they pay well. And what I ask, and I don't get a bunch of drama from them. And so I have clients that are really um, fun to work with. I have one that I've done. I'm working on her fourth book now. And I love working with her because she, at this point, I don't even have to show her my changes. I just send it, edit the book, send it back to her. She reads through it and say, hey, I want to change this. I want to add this. And she sends it back. I take care of it and we keep it moving. And so I do have a lot of repeat clients um, and you know, I love working with people, but when I see that they become drama, then I have to pull back get it. and not accept their next project. But there's some that, you know, I continuously work with them and they also send other clients to me. So it's, it's a great working relationship. Real quick, Karen, um, is there a kind of project that these people are working on? Um, is there a space that they're in that you work with, or is this anybody writing about anything? It's pretty much anything anyone writing about anything. I actually um, work on doctoral dissertations too. I love it, but those are the harder projects because it's a lot of um, fact-based and it's more technical writing and I love it. Um, memoirs are really good too because I get to learn their story through the process and speak with them about, hey, I think you need to talk more about um, yourself, your family background, and how you got to where you are today. And then at the end, where are you successful now? How did your life story get to get you to where you are now? And how can you teach others to get to that place? So um, I, I love working with pretty much everything. It's just when I get a difficult writer. Got it. Got it. Well, I'm going to transition real quick, and I want to talk to, uh, speaking of writing, I want to talk about the books. Um, you guys have penned some incredible books. Um, I want to encourage everybody, and we'll talk a little bit about where people can go and find you, to find out about the books, the quality of the books, um, and in terms of how you know how, they're, how they can get them, where are they accessible at, and we'll deal with all of that on the back end. But, Kathy, one of the things that I want you to talk about is Fern and Ginger. Um, that's a brand new book um, here on Clubhouse. We are looking at the graphic on Karen's uh, profile picture um, of that book. It, it is a book that was inspired uh, by you guys and some different things. Can you talk a little bit about the inspiration, the idea, and really quickly, um, you know, even though down to the research that you did for the book, um, and, and let's talk about the book and what the purpose of it is. All righty. Well, it started um, because I was in a meeting with the Ujama Farming Cooperative that myself and my siblings participate in, and we're learning how to farm. But I was in a meeting one day, and one of the questions they wanted participants to answer was, what is your seed story? 
And I'm like, hmm. I replied, I did not have one. I have a foraging story. So I told the group about our great-grandmother, Mama Lil, who taught me how to pick, pull, clean, and cook pokeweed that grew in our backyard. I talked about the wine our dad made from dandelions and grapes from the yard. And then Karen and I started gardening again and learning how to farm. So all of that came together, and it's like, hmm, I'm going to write a book. So I told the cooperative about it. They were so excited and talked with Karen. She was immediately in the story with me. Our great-grandmother taught us both how to do things with plants, and it's just a great memory for us. As far as research, um, I didn't have to do much. I was foraging throughout uh, childhood with my siblings. Uh, We were always in the woods. We were always in the streams. We even ate lunch in the cemetery, and our dad had to come get us. We were just outdoor children. So for the book itself, um, my research was making sure to find child-friendly gardening and foraging tips, and then also find a salad recipe for foraging um, that we included in the back of the book What that I tweaked for the habitat that we live in for Maryland. What do we know that's outdoors in our backyard that I could create a recipe out of? So that's it. You know what's very interesting, Kathy? I think that a lot of times when people think about their stories and writing them as an author, a lot of times we like to make that deeper than it has to be. And writing really is simply about just telling your story. I think it's the construct of a book that intimidates people. It's like you would have no problem pulling up and saying, if you ask a person about how they grew up, they they would go and talk to your head off for hours and and they, they don't have a problem. But capturing that and putting in a book is the game. Let me talk to you guys about the legacy of Fern and Ginger and some of the writings and the different things that y'all are doing. When you talk about farming, when you talk about co-ops, when you talk about your grandmother, I know that your dad owned a fish store in D.C. uh, years ago. Uh, Only black man that people look, people don't see black men owning fish stores like that's you go in and you would buy your fish. As a matter of fact, my wife even said, wait a minute. I think I knew that store. She grew up in D.C. when I was telling her and she was like, no, I think I know that store because that is just something we do. Can you all talk a little bit about the legacy about your books? And then let's talk a little bit about where people can go and get them. And uh, and I absolutely am enjoying this conversation. Well, I'll start. Our legacy is is basically our parents and our ancestors. And so we're following in their lead. Uh, my grandmother or my uh, maternal grandmother, she actually wrote a book years ago about the why in Washington, D.C. And so we basically are following the lead of our ancestors. And we are inspired by them. We honor them and we respect them. And so what we do is our material is actually based on our experiences. And so writing from that vein makes it an easy process. So we can sit down and actually write a children's book in the evening. And so when Dick Less's fish store came to mind, it was a thought. I turned on my computer and started writing. And so because I'm more of a technical writer, I came from that aspect. Well, I sent it to my family. They loved it, but it was like, hey, you need to tell the story. And so that's what I actually did. I I went back and said, okay, what was the day like at my father's fish store? 
and I just penned it. And I, at this point, my family loved the book. I, I loved it. And so that's the same with Fern and Ginger. <clears throat> Kathy wrote the outline of it and put in her ideas. She turned it over to me. I put in my ideas and then we got together on a video call and went through the book page by page, line by line, and discussed what we wanted for the book. And so that process didn't take but a month, um, actually a couple of days, and then we turned it over to a graphic um, illustrator. And so once we got it to illustrator, once we got it back, I laid out the book and bam, it was done. And we sent it to the printer. So it's, I think when you write about what you love and what you do, it's a quicker process and it should never take you a year to write um, any book for that matter. If it's something that you're really wanting to do. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. No, when that's, excuse me, when that story is in you, um, I think it's itching to come out. And I think that in the right environment, when you sit down long enough and you guys said this over and over again, it's about the environment, the quiet, the does the environment you in inspire you to get that story out. And I can promise you, you get in the right environment and you can write for hours and be surprised and shocked and amazed what comes as a result of it. Kathy, we're going to finish with you. I want you to talk a little bit about the legacy of the family farm. Um, you guys are jumping into a venture that we don't get to see black people do. Let me just be dead real. You do not people don't generally associate farming with black folks. They just don't. Not in the today's age. Now, obviously, you know, back in the day, it was more so the case, but but now not so much. Talk to us a little bit about the proceeds of this book, how it's going to add value to what you guys are trying to do uh, in the, on, on the family farm. Thank you. Um, legacy, you, you nailed it with that word. Um, all of us siblings wanted to start our family farm to honor our parents, our grandmother and our great grandmother, as well as protect our family lineage. I decided that all my profits from this book would go towards our farm. I want to farm not only for food and sustainability, but also to educate children and provide opportunities for them to get to know nature. Um, our brother, he is all about sustainability, but he wants to get good, healthy food to communities who do not have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. So he was, that's our brother Les, he inspired me. And it's like, I really, really want this. We're pushing. Um, We actually have a farm field that a church donated to the Ujamaa Cooperative to farm the property at no cost to us. The cooperative also provides us training They provide us with the seeds, and they teach us. So we volunteer. We participate in activities with Ujamaa. I actually learned how to count and package seeds. So all the things that I'm learning, Karen's learning, we're taking pictures, we're documenting, and we're educating our family and our siblings as well. They're not as outdoorsy as we are, but everybody's excited. We're geared up. We're ready to go. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, if you pulled up and maybe you caught the tail end of this podcast, I want to encourage you to rewind it, go all the way back, hit the replay button, do whatever you got to do and listen to this whole story. Kathy and Karen, it has been an absolute pleasure. We're going to ask you to stick around after the show and we're going to actually do a live Q&A with our audience here on Clubhouse. Uh, But I really, really, really want to encourage you guys to continue to keep showing up. 
and being your amazing selves. And uh, is there any parting words, any comments, anything you want to share, Karen, before we roll? like to share for those who are writing or contemplating writing to just do it get everything out of your head get it onto paper and go for it it's actually an exciting journey and once you're done you're actually be proud of yourself it's like you have your your baby in your hand and so don't make it hard just just write get it out of your head you don't have to make it perfect on the first run hire someone an editor or designer afterwards to help you get it out to the marketplace but it is an exciting journey it's fun and once you get your first book done you'll be raring to go for more so i wish you all well in your endeavors i love it i love it kathy anything you want to share before we roll maybe even a place where people can go find you guys Okay, um, my books um, can be found at awisquad.com, A-W-I-squad.com. And um, parting words, again, I echo Karen, write. Write your story. Get it out there. If you have something unique you'd like to share, just do it. Um, We are interesting people. We have lived experiences that are unlike any other around the world. We have something to tell. And whatever your passion may be, focus on that. So I definitely encourage you to do so. Writing is fun. It's relaxing. It's really not that stressful. But one thing that comes out of my writing is based on my dreams. I may have a dream. Boom, I have a book. And I wish the same for you all. Wow. Well, ladies, thank you again, uh, my friends, Karen and Kathy. Again, thank you so much for pulling up on We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Guys, listen, I want y'all to do me a huge favor. Please, when you can, download this podcast, share it out. Let somebody know that no matter what you think, I'm telling you right now, listen, none of us guys can get to any place of significance by ourselves. We all need some help. I'll see you guys on the next edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.